Hey all, just jumping in before the episode starts this week to let you know that there are some troubles with the audio. There are some bits that get pretty loud. Uh, tried to tone them down. It sounds sort of like I have a haunting problem here in my house or it just, maybe just in my microphone or in my computer. Who's to say? I'm going to try to bust these ghosts and I did try to fix the audio. In the meantime, enjoy the episode. Thanks. <laughs> That was a tiny little burp. Yeah, I had one too. So right into the mic. Twinsies. Yay! Burping. Okay, so we we watch Glee here on this podcast. Um, Me and my brother Sam over there. I'm Maggie, and I'm Sam. Yeah. I well, I I introduced you. Sorry, I I sort of stepped on you there. Um, but we watch Glee here every week together. Uh, and then we discuss it. We, well, we don't watch the episode together physically. Sort of, I guess emotionally, we sort of watch it together. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the entire continuum of time and space, We're we kind of it watch together. it together. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, we don't live in the same place. So, uh, right. but we are watching Glee together. We watch it every week. And then we come together on this podcast to discuss each episode, really give it a thorough trashing. <laughs> Because Glee is terrible. It's bad. And we want to enumerate its crimes. Yes. Um, And this week, oh boy, this week we're talking about season three, (laughs) episode 20, props. Oh man, fucking props. Give me the stats. Yeah, so this originally aired on May 15th, 2012 with 6.09 million viewers, which is down from last week, which had 6.67 million. Down again. I feel like I just hear you say that every week. Down from last week. Down from last week. Guess what? It's down from last week. I don't feel that bad about this one, if we're going to be real. Yeah. Um, Uh, So it's written and directed by uh, Ian Brennan. mm -hmm. Mr. Goop himself. Mr. Goop himself. Uh, So let's get right into it. We start with a recap that is extremely fast. I was watching this with a friend of mine today uh, who she stopped watching Glee a while back. She has not been watching it for the podcast or anything. So she we started the episode and it was the recap is like. He's, like, slurring his words. He's talking so fast. Yeah, because, well, we, we have some, like, less important stuff, like Rachel and Kurt's Neata crap. Um, yes. The shooter storyline, which is... Yes. We, yeah, and then um, Puck's storyline. His graduation line. And then we get to the main part of the recap, because the recap has two sections here. The second half is all about Tina. Tina's beginning to her present. Mm-hmm. Because you'll remember, Tina is an original member of the Glee Club. Like that's right, all the way, all the way since season one. Um, and the show is admitting right here: we know we've ignored Tina. Deal with it. <laughs> like yeah, and that's literally the whole episode, folks. So settle in. Because <laughs> that yeah. is the thesis that we will be taking forward through the rest of the episode. Yes, we we recognize that we've ignored Tina. But listen, she's okay with it. <laughs> and you should be too. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, one of the things I do like in the recap is it does talk about how, like, Tina's aesthetic has changed multiple times over the yeah. course of the show. That she uh, used to dress uh, sort of 
steampunk. Mm-hmm. Um, and that it now she, then she's like a sort of sixties mod. That's where she's at now. Yep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just essentially, it, it's. It's kind of like, how over the past couple episodes, we've had some like fun meta jokes that really mm-hmm. are just more upsetting because they tell us the show knows it's doing bad things and it's mm-hmm. just okay with it. Um, yeah. This is the same thing. And man, it does not feel good because it also talks about people don't know Tina's name. Um, yeah. How like they call her like Asian number one. Or, what the fuck, dude? Or... Really, more wor- really worse is Sebastian's Tina blowing Wang. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he kind of knows her name. That's better than Asian number one, I guess. But yeah, he knows the name enough to turn it into a sex joke. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. so that's so, yeah, that's what we're here for. Yeah, Tina. Uh, listen, we keep one thing that's mentioned in the re- recap is that she cries all the time, and here's what I would say. She does not cry all the time. No. <laughs> that is a total lie that they've been telling us. They're trying to gaslight us into thinking that this performance has crying in it, and it does not. Right. Yeah, we've talked about how they, they, someone on the writing team decided that it'd be fun if Tina's personality characteristic was that she cried all the time. Um, so she cries like once or twice and then the, everyone just brings it up every time because yeah, they bring it up all the time. And like the times that she did cry weren't, I mean, that she didn't cry. There were no tears. Like she looked sad. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> I didn't look that closely when it was my funny Valentine, but because man, you're too so busy. What, like the comedic performance is good, yes. obviously. Um, with a with a cry like that, but Jenna Ushkowitz is is Tina, yeah. and I'm just saying like all, all this like cry meme is writing a check that she can't cash as an actress, <laughs> which is Ouch. okay. It's okay. She's great, but yeah. like she's not crying all the time, and Glee needs to stop lying. Yes. Um. But before we get to that, we have to discuss. Another yeah. plot line? Okay, here's the thing. This episode is essentially, like, a culmination of all, like, the worst plot lines. Yeah, they have to close them all out right before Nationals. Really put a big stinker at the end of the season yeah. here. So Sue is going to do a big transphobia, and so is Glee. It's going to happen. It's happening right now, and we're going to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they yeah. talk about Unique in Sue's office. Mercedes, Kurt, and Sue... And they use, like, he, she, that combination at the same time, multiple times. It's really yeah. not great. Um, no. They, and I mean, listen, they draw this comparison later in the episode, but I feel like it's important to note here that it's, like, part of the reason why this episode is called Props is because Unique is a prop to these people. Like, mm-hmm. she's not a person. She's just, like... A, a set piece that is and, yeah and furthermore she's a set piece to the show like she's not an actual character this trans plot line has been treated with so much disrespect like it's not chill it's not chill no yeah i that's the the big things honestly mostly because i don't i really think glee fucked this up yeah so badly they did um the big through lines here that are super transphobic 
pretty much throughout this episode, they are essentially comparing Unique to a man dressing in drag, which yeah. has which... already been established that that is not the case. Like Yes, and to c- perpetuate it is to confuse the narrative if you're trying to, like, be supportive of trans people. And, if you and like, really, you're doing the opposite of that by what you're yeah. doing here. It's a big problem, Glee, because yeah. what Sue wants to do is coerce Kurt into dressing as a woman, doing a drag number to, like, emulate the success of Local Adrenaline with Unique. That is her right. plan to win nationals, is to have Kurt in a dress. She says yeah. some, fl- like, a line about how, like, they'll be flaming and more flamey than the flamiest flamer, flamer something like that. And it's yeah, like, a lot of flames, yes. Jesus. And she she titles um, Kurt's alter ego that she has constructed herself, Poor Selena. Okay. Oh, my God. Yeah, there's... There is a part two. Kurt immediately is like, I'm not doing that, which <laughs> props. Um, Mercedes compares it to Halloween because apparently Clayne dressed oh my, as oh Jersey my God. Shore. <laughs> this couple's costume is so cute, though. Um, we see a flash of it when they're like, they're. I guess they're trick-or-treating. They are basically adults. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they don't have like little kids with them. It is just like these like chill 17-year-olds. Just right. trick or treating in their in costume uh, as Snooky and the situation. Yes, <laughs> there's one which... point where Blaine is like, "Can I get a candy situation up in here?" Yeah, man, <laughs> 2012, huh? 2012. Um, <laughs> the the nice thing, at least for this, is that Kurt is like, "That's not that's not this. Yeah, these like, are that's not, not the same thing. These are not the same thing." And but I, I don't I mean, know. Listen, yeah. the lampshading of the, of transphobia in this show is not great either. Like, no, I, the lampshading part, overall. Yeah, God. part of it. Part of the thing here, I'm not trying to give credit to Glee because they don't deserve it. This is 2012. Um, I think honestly, most media was treating transgender people like this which again not an excuse for glee they honestly should have done way better because i mean i i I also don't want to give glee this glee this much credit but like if they had done this well i feel like it would have like you know there are a ton of queer people in the world now who have watched glee and i feel like if they had actually treated this trans this trans storyline with some respect and done it correctly yeah maybe we'd have a little bit more within the at least within the queer community to help give us a basis to like no, totally. support trans people like to- totally extremely true because like this is seminal programming this we've talked about it this is queer education they need to like step up their fucking game <laughs> yeah seriously yeah. have a trans person on your fucking writing staff if you're going to be writing about trans people or okay like, or at least like the big problem here that I see with this is that this definitely comes off as an old gay man interpreting what yeah. he thinks transgender people are, which for him is just gay men dressing as women. Because, yeah. and But it, that's not what it is. And no. it comes off so poorly. It's awful. And, like, furthermore, like, they're, it, the story is not right. Like, it's not in-depth enough. If you're going to have a trans character, don't make them a fucking prop for yeah. your show. Okay. So, 
He's <laughs> not going to be poor Selena. <laughs> Let's go no. to the next scene. Uh, so we're, we open on Rachel writing in a notebook. Um, and she says, my dream is Niata. In all caps, she underlines it a couple times. And this is where um, the friend I was watching it with said, who's Niata? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I was like, oh, um, it's her, it's college. It's her college. <laughs> Yes. Um the I'm so happy because we are over last episode's like sad sack Rachel where she decided <laughs> to like give in to like nihilism. Yeah. Um she's back to being hopeful and she's decided that she's not going to give up and sings I won't give up. Um and it is basically a love song to her dream. <laughs> yes. To herself. <laughs> That's the best part is it's a love song. Um it's <laughs> Love so herself. I love Rachel Berry so much. Oh my yes. god. She, my friend described it as blind drive. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, it's it's very well done, obviously. Um the my main complaint though is just that Jason Mraz is kind of boring, like yeah, as an artist. So. The song is kind of boring, and also like the way Rachel performs it is kind of boring like there's like yeah. a, a Katy Perry's firework like do you remember when she did that one yeah where it just walks she, down the hallway yeah she walks down the hallway with like the it, it's really focused on Rachel and everything else is kind of dark they do the exact yeah. same thing in this song <laughs> and yeah. uh then she's then she's on the auditorium stage of course and just belting out to the rafters obviously and she doesn't move around all that much, but she does have a lot of feeling. She is mm-hmm. not emotionally flaccid, you could say. No. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, we yeah, close it's... out the scene with begging on Carmen Thibodeau's <laughs> yes, <laughs> answering Rachel, machine. Rachel's leaving her a 14th phone message. <laughs> um Man. Also, okay, one of the things... So, so she's begging Carmen Thibodeau to... You'll remember Carmen Thibodeau, the Niata adjudicator that is judging these auditions. Yes, played by Whoopi Goldberg. Yes. Um. So apparently Rachel's new plan is to get Carmen to come to the Nationals performance to see Rachel sing there. Yeah. Um. And also, I guess Rachel... Rachel claims that there is an MVP award that is given out every year at nationals. Yeah, that's new. (laughs) Or maybe like we just didn't see it happen because New Directions was so terrible last year. See, yeah, that's I'm I'm pretty sure the main thing is that like they did poorly enough last year that none of them would be considered for MVP, (laughs) I guess. But um, MVP for making everyone upset with your heteronormative kissing. Yeah, just making everyone super uncomfortable in the audience. Thanks. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of... Here's the thing. I, I don't know if any of us really believed that Rachel... Like, when we first watched no. this, that Rachel was not going to go to Niata. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, um, at least no, they're setting it ne- up. No, never. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're back. We're back to a... a like like your friend said, blindly... Uh, driven. Uh, driven Rachel, which is... Spot on the money. Refreshing. Nice to have her back. Uh, yeah. Singing a love song to herself. Uh, so New Directions is meeting in the next scene. We're in the choir room. We get a lowdown from Will about what's going to happen, how much longer we have until nationals, how they need to actually do choreography for once, and yeah. uh, how they're going to be singing Dashboard Light. Uh, yes. Yeah. By 
I don't know. It, it, we're going to talk about it next episode because the, the, they do actually sing it. But The theme is vintage, correct? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I I don't know. Why I don't care. They do, why are they doing the disco? That's just the, that's the frustrating thing for me, right? Is that they yes. like write themselves into these corners <laughs> where yes. they, they do like... For instance, the disco shit would have been great at Nationals, but they can't do it there because they've already done it. And this is a television show where they can't seemingly repeat content because they just, they don't understand how they could possibly do that. Even though what they could do is, like, not show us the Nationals performance and just see, like, we could see numbers done with emotional backing or, like... Or, like, dream sequences during Nationals. No, we have to see the actual Nationals performance, because that's what we've been building up to, except not at all. Okay. Yes. Sorry, I'm I'm in a real ranty mood. No, you're fine. I do like the fact that they are starting to prepare for Nationals a week beforehand. Um, Fuck you, New Directions. (laughs) I hate you so much. So we find out that Rachel's getting the solo for this song, uh, Mm -hmm. and then we get a little bit of... Sue, more Sue transphobia. Yeah, she also uh, skipping over that because I don't want to talk about it. Um, yeah, uh, effectually, uh, we we get more porcelain the garbage, which Kurt is again very adamantly opposed to, thankfully. Um, but Sue announces they're going to use a lot of props, um, to make up for not yes. being good. I guess that is um, the plan. Is that props will save the day, and there is also a trouble tones number in the works. That's why yes. she, that's actually why she wants Kurt because she wants Kurt to lead the trouble tones. No, no, unacceptable. <laughs> that is frankly unacceptable to me for obviously multiple so, reasons. We've so already outlined some many of them, but reasons, so many reasons. Anyway, yeah. Tina decides to make a stink. Well, uh, and it's before the we best, get there, it's the best stink you've ever stunk. <laughs> yeah, before we get to the best stink we've ever stunk, I do just want to throw throw some props to the joke that uh sam quotes star wars at joe because they have these oh, like yeah metal working like helmet visor things and he's like i am your father and then he like raises like darth vader and then joe's like is that a movie or something <laughs> perfect <laughs> which uh did he does he get the quote right it's like a meme that that quote is misquoted all the time yeah, I don't know. Who cares? My favorite yeah. thing is that Joe doesn't know what Star Wars yeah, is. Yeah, it's cute, though. Uh, I, 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 you know, I'm really warming up to Joe. <laughs> Me too. Yes. Uh, more in this episode also. But let's get to the stink. The stink. Let's, let's do it. Tina Cohen Chang is here with the stink. Uh, she wants a solo, but not just that. She wants recognition for all the work that she's done, how she's been here for just as long as Rachel, and Rachel doesn't just deserve a solo at Nationals because she's a senior. Um. She doesn't want costumes because Will tries to like pl- abate her by being like, "I gave you costumes, Tina. You have a a big role in this group." Which like I can see Will like seeing that as mm-hmm. a, like a worthy position. Like he's like, "Oh, I just need to spread out all of the responsibilities between everyone so that Rachel can keep doing solos because that's what's gonna make us win." And it's like, right, bitch. Emma tried to fix you of this <laughs> so long ago, and it it did something. You won. Was that was that uh, in season two? Sectionals. Yeah, I think so. Because Quinn and Sam sing the really boring "Time of My Life" number, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, um, but Santana sings uh, uh, 
Amy Winehouse and it's amazing. So yes. Anyway, uh, yeah. yeah. Will's an idiot. Any yes. anywho, uh, Tina shuts down Sue when Sue tries to do a racist nickname. She's mm-hmm. like, "Calm down, Asian one." And Tina's like, "My name is Tina." <laughs> Tina Cohen Chang. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, it's. It's great. Mostly, I also like it because the way this starts is that Will's giving a, quote, pep talk. Where he ends with the line, like, if you don't like it, you could stand up and leave. And then Tina does. <laughs> and which Finn's is like, where are you going? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, but uh, so Tina runs out into the hallway. A very and... Rachel Berry-esque storm off right there. Love yes. it. Uh, Mike and runs Mike. after her. Mike Mike. Why though? Why? <laughs> Mike is like, you're. D- I can't believe you're doing this. You're being selfish. <laughs> and, <laughs> Which and Tina like, makes such a good point. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Tina's like, what the fuck? Like, sh- you could shut up. <laughs> well, she's like, she's like, why is it that I'm selfish when I ask for a solo, but Rachel is like being like, you know, whatever, uh, or ambitious whenever she asks for yes. solos, like. Yeah. It's some bull. And Mike is like, I'm just disappointed in you. And it's like <laughs> <Which> sucks. <laughs> like that that little interaction sucks hard. And then yes. Rachel. Rachel comes out. She's gonna be the next person to talk to Tina. She pulls out a crisp fifty dollar bill and is like, <laughs> Hi, I'm going to bribe you <laughs> into yes. into being acquiescing. Uh so here's the thing. Does Rachel carry around fifty dollars all the time for bribes? I don't know if it's for bribes. I think it's just for whatever. Like, maybe <laughs> a bribe, a maybe a soda. Who knows? It depends no, on the day. It's such a weird, like, kind of money to carry around. Like, a $50 bill. What is Rachel doing with that? Maybe maybe she's keeping it in case Carmen Thibodeau randomly shows up, and she's like, I'll give you $50 if you let me in in the office. <laughs> That's a bribe! But yeah, so uh, but uh, yeah. Rachel reiterates to uh, Tina and the audience that this is her, nationals will be her chance for a do-over. So, so they need to do very well at nationals so that Carmen Thibodeau will let her into Niata. Yes, um, and everyone needs to cater their life to Rachel Berry's dream. Okay. <laughs> well, and the the big part that we get from both of them um, is that. Tina is a junior, so she mm-hmm. should shut up and let the seniors have the spotlight because Even this though, is their only chance, I guess. I mean, listen to this. They were, they've been in Glee Club for the same amount of time. They started at the same time together, and um, that's some bullshit. <laughs> yes, no, and that's there. So Tina, Tina's line: "I won't be silent anymore." And then Rachel says, "It's exhausting being me." She goes through how hard her life is. She's like, I'm in 16 clubs. I have a 3.86 GPA. I keep Finn satisfied? That's okay. No, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) But no, yeah. Rachel outlines how hard her life is and why she has to... she has to prepare all these songs all the time. (laughs) Which, I mean, from an outsider's perspective... Doesn't that mean that, like, it'd be a little easier if Tina got to take some right? of that weight? <laughs> like, uh, right? She could she could shoulder some of your burden, Rachel. You wouldn't be so stressed about all this all the like, time, I guess. The thing is, is that Rachel has all these songs to practice because she gets all the solos. Right. I don't remember how this ends, to be quite honest. I they feel like it's just... Of- 
they both walk off in a huff in (laughs) opposite directions basically yay yay everyone's upset because tina made a stink yes uh so now we are at the mall we see clayne in massage chairs they're talking about how kurt is right to like refuse to dress and drag basically yeah Uh, the so yes true but blaine does refer to it he's like it's crazy like it's insane to think that a gay guy would be into cross-dressing and it's like again not what this is so yeah that's not what this is either like it's not that it's just that's not it you did not get that right no (laughs) false equivalency come on glee just be better yeah so better we get to Tina, who is carrying... So, this is one of my favorite parts about this episode, though, yeah. is we are seeing the dark underbelly of this Glee Club. <laughs> yes, we are. How they were able to, like, manufacture their facade that we see every week. <laughs> yes, Tina, because... Tina's yeah. the workhorse of the, of the New Directions. She is yes. hauling fabric through the mall because she has to create... Design and create the costumes? It sounds like it. It sounds like that is, she has to buy all the fabric, design all the costumes, and sew all the costumes, which is crazy. Isn't like, it? <laughs> um, well, and the, so we see her, she's like in the mall, she's coming down the escalator, and she is very angry because she is aggressively texting Mike, who we see some of his texts. <laughs> his texts suck. His, has texted her, quote, Rachel is one of a kind. Yeah, that's definitely what I want my boyfriend to be telling me. <laughs> Take my fucking side, you douche. Like, what the hell? Yeah, it's just like him being like, I'm so disappointed. <laughs> Rachel's one of a kind. It's like, what the fuck, dude? Come on, just chill out. Yeah. Uh, so, Tina, in a, like a fit of sort of like, I would I, I would say fabric-induced rage, where she's angry <laughs> that Rachel needs like a certain shade of yellow or something. Yes. <laughs> she trips into the, into the fountain in the mall and bashes her head against the uh, floor of the fountain. Oh, God. It it looks gnarly. We get an underwater shot. Two different angles of an underwater shot, by the way. <laughs> Seems like a lot. Well, Maggie, when you're going to rely on this trope, you got to set it up. you got to put in the effort. Ian Brennan loves to change the shot angle. He, he does not stay on one shot for, like, more than two seconds throughout this entire episode. It is, like, hmm. exhausting. <laughs> I was going to say entertaining, but yeah, that too. Um, it's just, it's very fast-paced. It makes it hard to take notes, and I I can't get down with that. <laughs> Fair enough. Clayne, of course, is rushing over to help because they were kind of chatting with Tina as she walked by angrily. Yes. Um, but so as they run over, um, Tina is getting out of the fountain, and we get a blurry shot of Clayne, who turn into... <laughs> Fuck no, Pin. Pin. <laughs> it's Puck and Finn. Puck is Blaine, um, and Finn is Kurt. Uh, do note here that in the body swapping dream, uh, people do swap directly. So yes, now because we've seen Puck as Blaine, we will see Blaine as Puck. So on Which and is so forth. Really offensive, honestly, and I don't like that one. <laughs> Don't like that one very much, but I I do I do actually like Curtis Finn, and I do really like these two Together. as Clayne because man, okay. yeah. Can we talk about Puck's Blaine impression? Because it's really good. 
<laughs> See, I was going to say... Uh, he might have I, the best one. I noticed more Finn's impression of Kurt, which is like weird because I feel... Well, I felt like Finn actually did a fairly good job here. Like... Yeah, like, I mean, I, Corey Monteith is not a bad actor. It's that Finn sucks. <laughs> yeah, well... And I, I, I mean, I do, I do really like Puck's impression of Blaine. But we do, there are more that are coming that yes. I can, like, we must discuss them in order uh, to actually evaluate this. So Tina is swapped with Rachel. Yes, but she is self-aware. She knows that she's Tina in Rachel's yes. body. I guess. I guess. But in Rachel's persona. Yes, uh, she's got bangs. That's fun. <laughs> that's Rachel. Uh, <laughs> and, and we. Get, uh, we get the closing out of the scene right before the commercial break with, oh my god, I'm Rachel Berry. Yes. Um, yeah, so then we we come so back. I, I premised this episode to the friend I was watching it with. I was like, listen, this is weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a bad episode to start with, question mark. Well, it wasn't even start. It was like... She watched an episode like in like mid season two. Now she's oh, seeing God. this one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a rough one. Um, but yeah, I. Here's the thing. This didn't need to happen. No. Um, it is <laughs> sort of very. I mean, we're, we are gonna get into it, but I just want to say that the the point of this body swapping dream is so that Tina can apologize to herself. Yes. And then go on to defend Rachel Berry, who yeah. has never apologized for any of her actions ever and never grown as a character or person. Yes. No, it's it's really <laughs> stupid. It's essentially like Maggie said, it's culminating in Tina like like praising herself but as Rachel and realizing that she needs to be more like her like Rachel version, which is obviously gonna favor Rachel. What the anyway it's just um, like yeah. Like, she apologizes to herself. She apologizes to Rachel dressed as Tina. Yes. <laughs> it's, like, the weirdest, the weirdest plot device. I don't understand why they did it. It's just I mean, so... I mean, my... I guess I understand why. Because they, like, needed a convoluted way to show these characters growing instead of just, like, character Actually interaction. Actually growing? <laughs> yeah. The thing, too... Um... I'm guessing that they just wanted to do it because honestly, some of these people's it, impressions of each other are great. The impressions are good. <laughs> so maybe it's just for fun. And like, yeah, the costumes are fun. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> we, we are about to see how fun they are by going to McKin the McKinley of hallway course. and seeing the swaps. Yes. So um, we're walking on the hallway. Uh, Pin getting to a little lover's squabble behind Rachel mm -hmm. as who is Tina as she is walking down the hallway um and then Artie <laughs> and it's about they mentioned Chandler yes. <laughs> yes um but uh Artie approaches to kind of just verbally abuse her and because Artie is Santana he, he approaches he approaches on yes. foot he's in a Cheerios outfit and he has a ponytail that... Yes, and his bangs are sort of interestingly quaffed. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, he's Santana. He is mean. He just, I'd say Artie's impression is pretty bad. Yeah, like, it's he not plays great. with his hair too much. Yeah. Um, well, eh. to be fair, like, because then we immediately go to Santana, who is Artie in a wheelchair. Well, we see these pairs directly in contrast with each other every single time, <laughs> almost, except for that, except for Clayne, I yes. guess. Yes. Um, 
but the thing is, I, I love this. I love this choice by Santana, but it ain't Artie. Like whoever she is is yes. not Artie, but she's still amazing. Like <laughs> it's just sort of a nerd. Yes. <laughs> Yes. I would say she's playing like the nerd archetype. Yes. Uh and then we see Britney and Mercedes. Um Yes. Well, cuz Britney is pushing <laughs> is pushing uh Santana's wheelchair, but she's yes. dressed in an outfit that does read as Mercedes um mm-hmm. and is addressed as Mercedes, but doesn't really say anything. Um which I think is, which is probably, probably for the, the best. best. Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> That's for the best, for sure. Um, like, just thank God they didn't put her in blackface. I, oh my like, God, they yes. Are, they are more culturally aware than that. So we we can praise Glee for that one thing right there. Thank God. Um, but then we and, see uh, Mercedes uh, as Brittany. Brittany do- but Brittany does say praise. Oh, yeah, that's true. Ugh. Praise. Yeah, but then we then we see Mercedes as Brittany, which we've seen Mercedes in a Cheerios outfit before, but she's in it again. Um, she has a fun little line about how she has to bail Lord Tubbington out of prison. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, this is the this is a dream. So yes, well, is it though? That's not canon. Well, no, it is. It's it's a dream okay. for sure. Okay, um, but yeah. So then, uh, the next one we see is. <laughs> Rachel, who is the goth? Yes. Who is a goth Tina? Um, yeah, like the Tina from season one. Right, which is strange because they already mentioned, like, they gave us specifically the fact that Tina has yeah. changed her aesthetic. But whatever, I guess, I guess Leah Michelle wanted to wear like heavy eye makeup or something. Well, I don't think that's what it is. I think it's like <laughs> in this body swap AU, Tina sees like a version of herself. She sees this version of herself for a reason. Yeah, the the subordinate and like sad young version of herself because. That's who she is at heart, I guess. I don't know. I don't know why they didn't say I'm okay. It's like, I guess it's like more iconic Tina than like this 60s aesthetic. If it was just a 60s aesthetic, it would look Rachel like Rachel. Would look like Rachel. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. true. That's a good point. Um, but yeah, so then we move to the uh, choir room. We see where we get the we get yeah. the best swap. <laughs> is it though? I, I love it. It's Will and Sue. They've swapped. And um, Will looks like so much more of a skis ball. It's, than... No, that's so true. He does look much more <laughs> skeezy in the tracksuit with his like sl- shellac down hair. Man. He sort of looks like he's going to be like popping a Slavic squat and like <laughs> do sex. Yes. Oh, my God. Uh, and Sue. Uh, does a pretty good will. I'd say Sue's will is pretty spot on as well. Well, there's definitely like a part where th- when they're watching the number that Tina's gonna do, yeah, where like she half opens her mouth and her eyes go all like gla- glossy, and it's like, yeah, that's will. Yeah, but the thing that I think is, it feels like Sue is the better version of Will. <laughs> like, yeah, definitely. <laughs> but anyway, um, then we also so just to go off through the other ones here. Um, Quinn and Sugar have switched, which you can yes. really only tell because Quinn is hamming it the fuck up as Sugar. Quinn is having the best time. <laughs> yes. um, uh, Sam and Rory have switched, which you can tell because 
Rory is doing the worst Sam impression maybe ever. Um, <laughs> it's the wig, maybe, that you're thinking. No, no, no. It, well, I mean, oh, yeah. the wig he is does terrible. Look, just sort of like, he's like slack-faced and like yeah. leaning back in his chair, right? And, and like, and like he's, he's definitely like no-chinning it. And it's like, that's not what Sam looks like. Like, you could say a lot about what Sam looks like, but it's not that. I, w- I want to make a note. Sugar as Quinn is like very stoic. Yes. No, <laughs> I, I also noted that because I was like, Okay, Quinn doesn't always just sit there stone-faced. Like, <laughs> uh, Mike and Joe yes. is the last pairing, and it's great. Yes. <laughs> Mike, like, sort of, like, rearranging his massive dreadlocks. They're huge. Yes. Uh, uh, and Joe is, like, <laughs> they piled all of his dreads under, like, a hat. Fedora, yeah, it's so good. <laughs> that is... <laughs> oh god it's, it's not on his head but like perched yes um on top of it oh my god yes but it looks so dumb <laughs> we also finally get to see the blaine version of puck which is disgusting because he's wearing a weird like bald cap <laughs> with a mohawk on it that one is so bad his head looks so misshapen <laughs> Yeah, and then we also see Kurt's version of Finn, which is... Oh my god, that one too. Is also just weird, yeah. It's just Butch Kurt 2.0. Yes. Um, he does, he pulls Tina Rachel aside and, um, is like, listen, you gotta perform because we all need your your dream or something yeah i don't know well yeah and then he's like oh and your boobs look slightly bigger today so we will be making out i i do like that one though because coming from kurt it just sounds so funny (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah so that's the swaps well yeah yes i I swapped clean is um they're uh they're pretty they're it's an interesting pair they're Puck and Finn. Yeah. Well, the one that I thought was also interesting is uh, Artie and Artie and Mercedes. Mercedes. <laughs> uh, Artie and Mercedes as Britanna are like fucking making out during the, <laughs> during the number. <laughs> yeah, because so to, to clarify, Tina sings Because You Love Me, which is the yes. Celine Dion song that we had talked about. Or we didn't, we didn't, but Glee earlier was like, Rachel's going to sing this Celine Dion song or whatever. Um, so Tina sings it and she starts in the Glee room and then we move to the auditorium and we get a lot of gratuitous shots of all of these people pretending to be other people. Yeah, this episode, this number is just like so long <laughs> it's and very generic. Long. It's very <laughs> long. I mean, one thing I do want to say, Tina is a good singer. Tina yeah, should she be definitely singing more. Is. Like, yeah. Yeah, I want to make I want to go back to that recap for a second. Um in the recap, the phrasing is like Tina insisted that she was bad. Yeah, I remember it as Will insisting that she was bad, but That's what I remember as well, but the recap <laughs> phrases it differently. How interesting. I mean, I will give them some like cred in the fact mm-hmm. that I remember in that episode that Tina is a little self-conscious about it and she kind of goes along with it when will is like maybe we should give it to rachel <laughs> and she's yeah. like yeah like we should probably give it to rachel um but Ugh. yeah i anyway um this is done really well though i mean it is yeah it is the song very is long. fine it's fine though rachel and tina have a locker chat this is where they discuss how apologetic 
Tina is as Rachel. Yes. To Tina. Yes, because as, who is Rachel? I mean, this this actually makes the most sense to me. Is that like in my own in my friend fiction fantasy, I'm gonna be like, yeah, I the bitch who like am super bitchy. I'm gonna apologize to myself. Um, duh. But the thing is that, that that doesn't happen in real life. No. Right. This is a dream sequence, and not only that, like. It's just... It's stupid. I, it's... I, why did they do this? <laughs> I, mean, I don't understand. The, the best part... And the, okay. Yeah. Okay, go for it. The response from Rachel as Tina is just like, yeah, I mean, I really appreciate you appreciating me, but you're so great, Rachel. Yeah. You're just amazing. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> I'm so sorry your Niada audition went so poorly. That doesn't. That's so unfair <laughs> to you. Um... <laughs> My my note here is that her subconscious guilts her into helping Rachel for some reason. Like Yeah. Like it's just it's so weird. <laughs> it's it's it is so convoluted and just it's so dumb. Okay, the next scene. We are at the auditorium. Mm-hmm. Everyone seems to be back in their original Ra- form. Yes. Uh because we're back well Oh wait no, no, we're not back in the auditorium. We go back to the mall we're right right back are we at the the mall again yes oh yes we're right back at the mall tina it arises out of the fountain to actual claim yes and kurt does like this side talking thing yeah well because so tina comes up and kurt immediately starts complaining about how the fabric that was expensive got wet yeah he's Um, like that's 25 bucks a yard or something and he's like talking out of the side of his mouth but very obviously like like two feet from tina yes uh why is kurt such an asshole (laughs) i don't know it it really reminded me (laughs) of the snapping at waiters thing the snapping at waiters (laughs) Because it's just like, you're such a douche. Your friend just fell in a fountain. Like, help her. Uh, help her and stop talking about the fucking fabric. God damn it. Nobody likes Tina. Um, So. I like Tina. I like Tina, too. I'm talking about the New Directions. Speaking <laughs> of, we're we're burning it down because the New Directions are practicing <laughs> Sue's very prop-heavy number. It is um welding. It's a welding rehearsal. <laughs> yes. Uh <laughs> What song is this? I some from Footloose or something. I don't know. It's I didn't care t- as much to write it down because Sue's whole. It was a joke about how Sue like was the stand-in for the actress who did the dance originally or something. Yeah, we start the scene with like a a random guy yes. holding like a huge jukebox and like a black screen. A black screen. He presses play, and then we see the New Directions on stage. They do some. Some grinding, <laughs> but like, but like metal grinding, not like, not yeah. like dance grinding. Um, yeah. If only. Yes. Um. No, nah, we we got the too sexy number a couple episodes back. Yeah. Um. But yeah, they're they're doing like they're they're like essentially creating these like cascading sparks like above all of these people dancing kind of but not really yes and they're doing it to the music with sue yelling on top of it like counts and cues and stuff like that uh and she's it's basically just like more sparks more sparks i want to burn this place down (laughs) but that's so the thing is um i guess this is supposed to be like oh yeah like sue's cheerleading routines are all full of Mm -hmm. pyrotechnics and dangerous and amazing 
But this, they don't even sing. Like, <laughs> no. I guess they're just learning the choreography and like the grinding bit. But how are they gonna <laughs> sing when they're wearing those big welders masks? That is one of the points that gets brought up. I'm pretty sure in the argument after. <laughs> um, <laughs> when they're talking about how this is not working, yeah. Will is like, I wanted it to be an addition to the choreography, not be the, the number. Right. Uh, uh, and yeah, and somebody makes a joke about having to like be a member of the Grinders Union. Yes. And, Ra- and Santana says her catchphrase. <laughs> yes, she does. Wanky. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I mean... The, the joke here is obviously that um, this is bad. <laughs> and then uh, Sa- Sue is like, well, we wouldn't have to do this if Porcelina stepped up and like stares at Kurt. And Kurt's like, fuck off. I'm not doing yes. it. Yeah. Yeah. And Kurt is like, well, I actually have a better idea. We can do this instead. Uh, we don't see it, of course, because yep. this is Glee. No. Why would we? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so what happens next? We go to the teacher's lounge where immediately yeah. Santitney and Mercedes are berate, like are scolded for coming into the teacher's lounge by some yes. random guy we've never met. And they're like, well. It's an apparition that McKinley created to try to keep the students out. I guess. It's 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 just great because there is a lot where Santana's like, well, we're gay and Mercedes is black, so if you kick us out, it's a hate crime. But Jacinda say, I'm not sure I'm gay, but I do think that trees and babies are made the same way. Something like yeah, that? Yeah, something, something like that. Um, but yeah, so then... Why? I don't know. It, it Essentially, this is a lead-up because they're going to talk to Shannon because yes. they, they have the receipts they've seen shannon continue to wear her wedding ring and mercedes spotted shannon and cooter together at a showing of 21 jump street because you'll remember this is 2012 it's 2012 <laughs> it's 2012 uh and Sh- shannon uh so they show them the like they're just like listen we know you're still with him and we can't believe you've done that you lied to us and shannon is remorseful um but she's also like, you don't understand, like, this adult, like, problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, she she def- she sort of writes him yeah, off. Yeah, she defends herself. She says she's giving him a second chance, that people deserve second chances. Um, we get a little bit from the girls about, well, can people really change like that? And then uh, Shannon, well, Cooter is berating her. We don't hear it, though. It's like a sort of flashback well, we get, mid-conversation we because you can, without any dialogue yeah. in it, just like visuals. Yeah. And no, then, yeah. So he's, yeah, he's yelling at her. Oh, yeah. About he, we God do knows hear what. Um, but Sorry. she's holding Sorry. the knife and it's implied now. that like there is still tension. But of course there is because... She she does yes. she drops the knife in the dishwater l- water at the end of the little yep. flashback and we jump back yes. uh with Shannon just being like you still don't understand like I've got this handled Cooter knows that if he were to like uh raise his hand to me again I would ha- I would leave for sure and it's just like okay yeah sure um the girls are like well you should at least like get out for at least like a weekend you should come with us to nationals so that way you come to chicago yeah and um so they they say that and then shannon kind of like you were saying earlier dismisses them or like is like i've got this handled i'm an adult um and so then we cut to the next thing which is the new directions watching stolen footage of vocal adrenaline which is in black and white because kurt's quote 
worships the artist because once Ugh. again, this is 2012. This God. is 2012, and Kurt's an asshole. No <laughs> um, kidding. So we so we see the newest and hardest show choir move. The human centipede. It's not it, called that. No way. That is so no. not good. And it's also like, it's only two people connected. Okay, yeah. So let's describe this. It's essentially like a wheel where they're yeah. doing somersaults kind of, but they're holding each other's feet to like kind of wheel across the stage. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it definitely looks hard. Yes. Uh, except Blaine, Blaine is like looking at it with sort of an appraising eye, uh, and he's like, "That doesn't look that hard." <laughs> <laughs> but I do have to say, like watching this with Chris, Will is like, "This is the hardest show choir move there is. It's called the Human Centipede," and both of us are like, "No, no, it isn't." Uh. Uh, both like I don't. I don't know. Both Sue and Will seem very briefed on the situation. Yeah. Um, so did they watch this with Kurt before they all watched it together? I guess. I don't know. I don't, but so, yeah. So this is the part where it, we get it explicitly because Sue calls Unique a prop. Um, yes. But, uh, yeah. It's, the ultimate prop. Oh, my God. And what Fucking this, yikes. Yeah, no kidding. And what this leads to is Puck asks... Is drag really necessary for us to win? And and then Finn yeah. is like, oh, well, our greatest asset is, uh, is Rachel. Rachel. Yeah. And then Sue makes an anti-Semitic comment. So Yay. And, and Rachel like looks at Will like, are you going to do something about this? <laughs> Which, to be fair, he does and he should. But like, man. Um, but yeah, it, it ends with the puck thing because... Uh, Sue says yes, and Will says no. Um, yeah. So it seems that we're coming to a head on this. Next is a Rachel and Tina convo, but RL this time. Uh, yes. Rachel is practicing singing in the auditorium, mm-hmm. as she is wont to do, and Tina enters, and they have a conversation about Tina's dream sequence. She's like, listen, in this body-swapping dream, yes. I apologized to myself, and I gave myself a really good idea, but I was also you. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it's well, like, <laughs> my God, I, uh, the, the best part about this is that, like, I was watching this, and I was just like, man, this is stupid. Like... <laughs> dumb but like i'm not all that mad at it no no it's it's honestly like a better plot line to have than the horrible transphobia and like the mishandled domestic abuse plot line yeah so this is like the best one which is unfortunate um but yeah uh so tina essentially is like well in my dream sequence you told me that (laughs) I shouldn't give up in trying to get to Niada and like contacting Carmen Thibodeau um, no matter what. And Rachel's like, I guess that sounds fine. And Tina's like, well, this is where Carmen Thibodeau is. We're getting in the car and we're going on a road trip today, Uh, which is great. Yes. I'm looking forward to this Rachel Tina road trip. Yeah. Well, Rachel does cap off the scene, though, by saying, please don't cry. You need to drive. Uh. Which, like, what? <laughs> Man. This uh. meme is not good because Tina does not cry enough for this to work. No. I guess she cried at prom, but that was because of the cry meme. Yeah. At what point does it become 
Like, uh, what? Where, real. Where's the yeah. Where's the start, Maggie? I don't. Anyway, um, uh, I don't know. We cut back to the new directions because because we we can't see the road trip yet. Why? No. Why? You know, we're just excited for it. Let's really shut down that momentum with two other scenes. I don't understand why they do. Well, it's because, Maggie, we have another plot line in this episode that we haven't gotten to yet. Sue has, announces that she has, quote, ordered little people to dance with all of the New Directions members. Yes. Uh, I, I just... Let's just leave it at that. Yeah. Uh, then we get an introduction to Lola, which yes. is Puck's alter ego. Uh he is wearing like sort of a blue shapeless dress yes. and yes. a blonde, ugly, cheap wig. <laughs> okay, here's one of the things I don't like about this scene is how gratuitously everyone calls him ugly. Okay? Like <laughs> It's true. It's like annoying. Yes. Because he's for one, he's not that bad looking, like no. relax. Uh and also the, the mention of how he's oh he's ugly enough to be Shannon B's sister. That's how really disgusting. Awful. Yeah. How horrible, especially in this episode where you're like, you're yeah, we're, we're... already subjecting Shannon to abuse. Can you not? Yeah, I mean it's this whole thing. It, I I will say like I do respect Puck's character. For being like, yeah. hey, this is to help the team. I'll do it if we need to do it. Um, yeah, and I'm I'm into like gender fucking, you know. Yeah. F- f- get get rid of the you know stigma that yeah. anyone has to dress a certain way. Sure. Right. Um. But instead, Will takes over. Um. And yeah. demands that Puck go change because it's unacceptable for anyone who is a man to wear a dress. Mm. Um. I do like the part where Santana's like, I'm into this. Yeah, I do like that a lot, actually. <laughs> I'm strangely turned on by this. Um, uh, that's the only good part. Yeah. That's the only good part. Yeah. Yep. Um, so then- Santana is me most of the time. You know, I <laughs> yes. I, re- I, I really dig her vibe. Yes. Uh, the next scene also has Puck in it. Mm-hmm. This is the fallout. Rick yeah. the Stick is accosting Puck for wearing well, it's a dress. It's not even like it's not even the fallout. Like he doesn't even mention he doesn't mention that. Well, he does. No, he does say because I guess people saw Puck earlier that day wearing a dress. He does say to Puck like, and now the Glee Club has finally gotten to you because you were wearing a dress earlier." And Puck is like, "Fuck you!" And then Rick brings up the fact that he's not going to graduate, and that's where it really yeah. Starts to well. Hit him. He he's just like you are like a huge burnout. You you are the person we used to make fun of when we were freshmen. You don't even dumpster dweebs anymore. Like who are you? You're not Noah Puckerman. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean he's not kind of like he's, he's definitely different. Uh, yeah, he's not harassing people and assaulting them by throwing into dumps throwing them into dumpsters. Oh God, yeah. who has he become? I mean, he's also not graduating, which Rick does rub in real hard. Yeah, because Rick the Stick is like, did you know I'm going to Ohio State? I'm going to play hockey for for Ohio State. Yeah. Did you see my mullet? Did you see my <laughs> pompous attitude? Yeah. Did you see my 80s, bullies arch- 80s bully archetype? I'm going to wave it here in your face. <laughs> yeah. Um. Puck tries to start a fight right then, and 
uh, really to just rub it in even harder. Rick is like, well, I have, I can't afford to lose, like, you know, I can't afford to be caught fighting in the middle of the school day. So let's fight at the dumpsters did you, later. Did you notice how close Rick the Stick was to Puck? No. Like, he was inches away. Ugh. Like, whispering in his ear at oh, one point. Oh, God. Basically, Ugh. like sort of towering over him, and it's just like, damn, what is happening here? Um, yeah. they, they like get heated at the lockers too, though. Like, yeah, when somebody gets slammed into the lockers, is it Rick the Stick or is it Puck? I think it's Puck because, like, he kind of like gives like the little like tap on Rick's face to be like, yeah. oh, it's cute that you think you can fight me, and then a couple of his hockey bros kind of like grab him and shove him. Um, yeah, because but... Rick the Stick does have a posse of hockey bros. Right. Uh, yeah, they're going to fight at the dumpster. They're going to fight at Puck's old dweeb dumpster. Which is also not that dumpster, if you'll remember. No. Um, it's not the one from the pilot, if no. that's what you're thinking. Yeah, exactly. No way. Of course not. Why the fuck would it be? Uh, the next scene is in the road trip. We're in Tina's car. We're in her Hyundai, specifically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they do mention it earlier. Thanks for the product placement. <laughs> uh, and, uh, they're just having a convo. They, and it's, um, it's a gnarly one, because it's basically just Tina praising Rachel for being born under a blessed gold star. Well, my favorite part, well, one thing, it's over, um, She's a Maniac, for some reason, like that's the song that's on the radio while they're yeah, which is bizarre. Um, but yep. uh, they're talking about the wedding. They're talking about nationals, and then Rachel. Well, no, oh. I because that's the song that they're doing for the grinding number. Oh. So they're listening to it to like okay, I I guess for practice basically he- okay to hear it okay yeah. Um, but so anyway, uh, Rachel talks about how she's giving up. Because she figures that all of the adults in their lives um, must have been like her at one point, driven, yeah. blindly blindly driven to succeed. But uh, something got in their way, and then they just couldn't anymore. And she assumes that's what it's like. And I wrote down, Rachel's giving up because Will is her role model. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Too real. But, <laughs> to be fair, she does turn it around while she says it, though. She's like... No, I'm not there yet. I can't. I can't let myself get to that point. <laughs> That's like... why they're driving to see Carmen Thibodeau. Yes. Uh, so. And t- then Tina just praises her some more, and the scene ends. Right. Uh, Puck fights Rick by the yeah. dweeb dumpster. It happens. Uh, Puck loses. It's a, kind of a gratuitous fight scene. Like it's yeah. pretty long. There's also some stuff at the beginning where Puck or where Rick starts by insulting Puck's dad, oh, yeah. which is yeah, also his micro brew specifically. Yeah. Well, he also calls him. He also is like, "We're gonna throw you into the dumpster, and maybe you'll find your dad in there." And it's like, "Whoa, <laughs> whoa." Um. But yeah, the like like you're saying it's kind of long the fight like you're saying they roll out on the ground a bit there's some like yeah and puck gets like hit in the face a, a lot. lot yeah uh like three or four times by the way puck does not look beaten up no but rick kind of does after this uh puck loses he gets dumped into the dumpster itself and when he gets out he pulls a knife yeah and rick the stick is like what do you think you're doing 
Yeah, and but, then like he his tone de- definitely changes. Um, and Puck is like, "I'm not a loser." Yeah, well, because they're all chanting "loser," but then Shannon Beast intervenes. Finally, question mark. Well, like, yeah, my question is like, "Oh, were you were you like letting them fight it out because they didn't have weapons?" Like, <laughs> yeah, what? like, or did she just notice? That's what I have She's to go just, with. But she is she is suddenly there. Yes, like, yeah. Um, which poof. it's it's good. Like, don't get me wrong, but it's just like. Really, though? Like, especially if this was, yep. like, the dumpstering dumpster. Like, wouldn't you have better surveillance on this thing? I don't know. Uh, no. <laughs> Why would they? That's, like, a totally responsible thing to do. Yeah. You know, at a school where kids don't get massively bullied all the time to the point of having to transfer. Right. Well, anyway, uh, we moved to the locker yeah. room. P- yeah. Be- uh, Shannon Beast brings Puck to the locker room, and they have an intense talk. However, Puck... I'd say he goes for more of like a flailing around so that the camera cannot see him do a bad act. Yeah, I mean, he has a monologue about how he's garbage. Um, I think there's like a few good points of the monologue, but most of it is subpar. Yeah, I would I would agree. I do think there is like a kind of like raw emotionality to this, which is a little like... Yes. mostly Mostly one of the things for me is that Puck says some shit where he's like you don't know what it's like to feel worthless. And we have this juxtaposed with the Shannon storyline where she's in this situation. And like part of it is they've given us the information that part of it is because Shannon feels like she'll never be loved again. And it's like, man, this is like, that's the problem. Those like all the emotionality for me is really coming from Shannon's storyline. <laughs> so yeah, um, because Dot Marie yeah. Jones is like she has like one line in this scene and is the better actor in it. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, and and I mean she cries at the end when they yeah. hug, and you really can tell that like they're both like she's definitely feeling something. Yes, you know, yeah, and she definitely cares for Puck also. Like it's there. Um, I think Puck's best parts of the monologue are when he's like, I am garbage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm garbage. I'm not graduating from high school. I am garbage. Yeah. Uh, next, we get some music because that was a heavy monologue and Glee decides to perk it up for us with some tunes. Well, Maggie, it's very emotionally flaccid, wouldn't you say? <laughs> <laughs> it's a solo from just like some random schmuck. Uh <laughs> Yeah, because <laughs> I well, I didn't even write down the song. What is it? I have no idea. It's essentially the the premise here. Carmen Thibodeau is giving some kind of workshop at a yes. another school, I guess, because this guy seems youngish. Um, yeah, it's at some place. <laughs> yeah, and so essentially the idea here is she's giving this guy feedback. It sounds like she's done this before for him, although her visuals do not do not indicate that at all because she looks no like she. I do really love the way Whoopi Goldberg acts. She is, oh, she so is just stone-faced the whole time. Like, yes. Mm, yeah. And then at the end, she's like, that. I found that to be emotionally flaccid still. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, and the, the guy singing is like, emotionally flaccid. Got it. And then she <laughs> sort of leaves. He's like, thank you so much. Yes. Uh, then Rachel and Tina arrive. Carmen yells at Rachel for a little while about how she's taking up too much time on her answering machine and life. And Tina decides to jump in and defend Rachel. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Rachel does an impassioned speech, as she is wont to do. Yes. Yeah. Carmen is like, 
you're very entitled and I'm tired of it. Um, Tina does kind of get Rachel's foot in the door again, though, by being like, Rachel's a pain in the ass, but she deserves it. She deserves to be entitled. Yeah. (laughs) Because of her talent. Because of how driven she is. Um, Which, yeah. So then uh, Rachel, like you're saying, gives that speech. Uh, Carmen afterwards asks them to leave. Um, She doesn't say no to the invite to see them at nationals. Because we know that that's, probably gonna happen um but uh and uh rachel is like listen i'm just gonna keep auditioning yeah every year until i get into niata i feel like at the the final shot of carmen thibodeau after rachel says that is carmen thibodeau weighing the like annoyance that it would be (laughs) well no (laughs) to deal with rachel barry for longer in this adjudicating process what i liked about it is rachel ends that with and didn't I read somewhere that you applied to Juilliard four times? So what I read as Carmen's expression was, oh, oh. that's a little flattering. <laughs> she actually did her homework. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, let's continue. Yes. We are back at the in the domestic abuse plot line right here. We mm-hmm. are in Shannon and Cooter's shared home. Cooter is uh, sort of talking about something shannon is obviously upset and she sort of silently confronts him by just like standing and waiting out his bullshit Mm -hmm. which yeah he's he's gotten pizza he's apologizing it sounds like again for who knows what something yeah um and then shannon reveals that she has been sleeping with a knife under her pillow um, yeah, because she presents Puck's fake knife. Yeah. By the way, did we say that the knife was fake? Yes. It's from, so. it's yeah. from West Side Story. Yeah. Uh, she presents it on the table and Cooter's like, what are you going to do with that? Stab me? Stab me? <laughs> and uh, Shannon's like, not with that one. Yeah, man. Um, Still not great, Glee. No, pretty bad. Um, And Shannon's like, I'm going to end this thing here it's done yeah uh she takes off her ring and puts it on the table and that's when cooter gets really mad like he throws everything off the table yeah well the food and everything and like yells at her yeah he starts he starts by begging which yep the the thing i will say is that even though i don't think they're handling this very well they do hit a lot of the points of like domestic abuse like generalizing yeah. like stereotypical well, domestic abuse which I was yeah. t- this this friend of mine that I was watching it with is like she's taking like family psycho she's like planning on being a social worker okay cool so her courses and stuff she knows this kind of thing she was like oh yeah the moment of separation that's where the highest chance for like fatal domestic violence is jeez so like the fact that there was like all this like that like a fucking knife on the table and shit. Oh my god. Yeah. Um yeah, cuz Cooter begs and then like you're saying he throws all the food and he finishes it off with some really nice heinous emotional abuse saying that no yeah, one will ever like, love Yeah, but being like you're never you're never going to be loved again, Shannon. What are you going to do without me? And it's just like, you suck. I hate you so much, Cooter. I hate you. You yeah. should have never been on this show. I hate you. Yeah, which there is one of like the upshot here is that he ends it with like a question of like, who do you think is ever going to love you after this? And Shannon does say me, Dot Marie Jones plays it very well. And then she, it's implied, I guess, walks out at that point. Um, yeah. The scene ends. Yeah. Cause and we cut to we, a number. Yeah. 
yeah, we cut to a number where we see Puck and Shannon singing Taylor Swift's Mean. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> I think John Marie Jones sounds good. Um, Puck sort of sounds a little tinny is how I would describe it. Sure. Um, and yeah, the number is fine. It's fine. I, I think, honestly, it's a meme to hate Taylor Swift. Um, yeah, I mean, but, like, the song is honestly nothing special. No. Like, it's just sort of bland. And part of it, I do... We're, we're going to get to it right now because it's in this scene. Um, but I, this is where I feel like Glee did the teacher-student relationship in a way that I don't Better. hate it. Um, yeah. <laughs> because... What ends up happening, they sing it, like you're saying, um, then Shannon reveals that she talked to Mrs. Dusenberry, which is the European geography teacher that, uh, yes. yeah. And, and she's going to make, she's going to let Puck retake the test because, um, Shannon told Dunesbury about Lola yes. and Puck's dedication to Glee. Yeah. Um, and then even more past that, she's going to help Puck study for the test and get ready for it. Um, and Puck is like, and they're oh. not just gonna sing rock covers of Julie Andrews songs. Uh, yeah, but that's a good idea, I think. <laughs> Puck is like, I don't know, like that's really nice of you, but like, I don't know why you're helping me. And then Shannon has a line where she says, "You'll never know how much you've helped me," which is like very emotionally weighty. Dot Marie Jones yeah. nails it, and I was like, for sure, this is exactly like, I mean. Not exactly, because I honestly wish that neither of these plot lines were happening, but at least this is but, the more emotionally satisfying ending than anything yes. else we've gotten from this shit. So I'd say it's emotionally satisfying, partly because it's over. Yes. It's hopefully finally over, and we don't have to get into it like more. Yeah. I want to see more Dot Marie Jones, but I don't want to see this. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, we're at the costume committee next. We're in the Glee Club. Uh, we're in, like, the choir room. Yes. And But there's suddenly, like, all these sewing stations that just sort of popped out out of nowhere. And Tina, Rory, and Sugar and are Joe. making the costumes. And Joe are making the costumes. Yeah. Um, and Sugar's complaining about how they want to do, like, more than just make costumes. Well, mostly, yeah. she does say she doesn't like how they get treated as plebes by the seniors um yes which man if only i knew that i was sharing all of my vocabulary with sugar i would maybe change it um but um whatever sugar's <laughs> the best you don't understand she is from the future yeah. also so yeah. of course her her vocab is top notch yeah anyway tina defends the classes structure that they are all a part yeah. of Tina's like, she's like, you just need to recognize that being a small part of something big is okay. And it's like, all right. (laughs) (laughs) Tina's just like, you know, sometimes this is just your lot in life. You just have to take what you're given. Which, okay, I, I think there might be some value to that in like a real sense of like, not everyone is a star you know like some of us play supporting roles but this this is a television show (laughs) yes um and it's not that hard to like not have one of the fifth finn storylines and have a tina storyline instead or like you know really not that fucking hard it's not that fucking hard and you know what if um 
if it, like you don't want your characters to if you don't want to set it up so that your characters are like upset when they're not getting attention don't make them all like attention hogs <laughs> like, yes. don't make them all crave attention so desperately that this is going to be their like one point of like argumentative interaction yeah god damn it <laughs> but the other worst part about this is that we see mike in the hallway not on the costume fucking committee but he's like just like smiling at tina as she and says nodding and he's, it's he's just like, like good job like yeah i was right all along like fuck <laughs> oh, you this is the worst this is the worst like tina apologized to herself so that she could turn around and think the opposite of what she thought before which i what? just i guess like Maybe part of it is Maybe that... Maybe she has brain damage from her fall into the fountain. <laughs> the, I guess the thing about this for me is, like, I feel like this is something that comes up with, like, every high school... Like, in even in real life kind of thing. You know, like, in high school groups, usually the, like, mm. shitty like tasks fall to the underclassmen because yes. that's how it's set up. That's how we always do it. Um, which but isn't this a, is a good television reason. Sh- yeah. Th- but this is a- also a television show. Yeah. Right. Um, it, it just, I'm, I'm not about it. Like Tina being like, we just have to not own the means of our production. <laughs> we, just have- <laughs> we just need to give in to our corporate overlords and become the cog in the machine that we were destined to be. Yeah. And then she gets uh- on Twitter. Guess what, everyone? <laughs> Slavery was a choice. Fuck off. Oh, fuck. <laughs> okay. Let's, oh. Move, let's move past this. We are in Sue's office with Will. They are finalizing the set list for Nationals. Edge well, of Glory by Lady Gaga is on this set list? Yeah. Are they are they finalizing it or are they admiring the copy they printed out? Because, <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, like, it's already printed. Like, you're not, like, writing down, like, oh, we should definitely do this. No, they're just being like, we made good choices, didn't we? They're just looking at a printout being like, yeah, that was a good choice. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, how is Edge of Glory vintage? Oh, I have no fucking idea. I don't care, though, because the trouble tones are going to do it, and I love it. Yeah, same. Uh, So Shannon Beast enters. She's got a suitcase and she is like, I want to be a chaperone to nationals. I will pay my own way and like all this stuff. And uh, both Sue and Will are like, oh, no, you can definitely come. And but Sue's like, no, you can't stay in my room because my hormone injection is wearing off. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> it's not fair to the baby, Maggie. Um, but that uh, was uh, that was basically it was, it was a joke. Yes, it was I a got reference you. to our podcast. No, and the... I got you. I just thought it was. I thought the joke that they made was also funny. Um, okay, but uh, then Shannon reveals them. She's left Cooter, and Sue yes. hugs her. And Will says shit, but who cares? Because the real yeah, emotional weight is... Yeah, the person I was watching this with, like, Sue hugged Shannon, and she was like, wow, I was really not expecting that. Right? I was just like, <laughs> just like, oh, yeah, I guess, like, Sue did just sort of verbally berate her this entire episode, even not to her face, like, just, like, being mean yeah. about Shannon. Um, well, I guess so... she was technically part of the storyline before, and, like, she was very adamant about yeah. Shannon getting out of the situation. So, like, it kind of makes sense, but, again, we get back to the problem with the plot the first time we saw it, which is that, like... yes. 
Sue was mean then too. White Roz and Roz were really mean, and yet they were also really passionate about this. Whatever. Yes. Um. Anyway, it's happening. Shannon they hug. is coming with the, them. Uh, the next scene, Finn does a football analogy at a locker chat with Finn and Rachel, and he's like, Tina is like the, the one in the trenches. Yeah. In the lineback with the with the football. And that <laughs> lets the quarterback get through or whatever. And, and a sports, a sports, a sports, a sports, a sports. <laughs> but <laughs> Which, yeah. Listen, um, I'm not like doing like the oh, it's a sports thing meme, but I sort of am, uh, because that's what the show is doing too. Well, yeah, because uh, Rachel's like, I didn't understand anything you said after offensive linebacker. Um, sure. Why does it? But why does he mention trenches at the beginning of the sentence? Like, I don't. Is, I are mean, trenches a thing in football? I feel like that's. I thought they were a thing in war. I feel like a lot of like at least tropey football is that yeah. they compare themselves to war a lot because mm, it's masculine, that's not great. you know, <laughs> it's very masculine to uh, play football and also to kill other people. So um, instead of football, they just did like ro- war reenactments or like fantasy role play enactments of war instead of football. But Maggie, what if nobody gets hurt? What if we all, nobody gets really hurt. That's the drive. What if they did. What, what if they, they did? did? What if we all sat down, sat down to watch the not the Super Bowl, but like, you know, LARPing the Super LARP, <laughs> the the War of eighteen twelve. Let's burn down yeah. the White House. Um, I yeah. mean, I'm down. Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> but yeah, um, I don't know. That the could be Super fun. LARP, the Super LARP, <laughs> <laughs> the LARPers from the West and the LARPers from the from the East. They face off. Okay. 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 During this football analogy, we see Sam do a really bad Christopher Walken impression. Yeah. Like across the hallway to other members of the Glee Club. And Rachel's like, you know what our unique factor is? Everyone. Yeah. All of us being weird people is making us a unique factor or whatever. And Finn is like, yeah, I love it too. Um,. Being a part of something special makes you special. Being a part then, of something strange makes you strange. Um, the, the next scene <laughs> is uh, a song. We're going to close the episode with a song. Good choice, Glee. Uh, Rachel starts it off. It's the beginning to What a Feeling. Mm-hmm. Tina joins in, and yep. then they sort of prance around the stage together, which turns into them running outside to get onto the Nationals bus. Yep, which is just a regular yeah. big yellow school bus. Uh, which Sue uh, how is driving. Far, how far is Lima from Chicago? I mean, I guess it. Like, the problem for me is that having grown up in the southwestern United States, my, yeah. my perception of distance when it comes to, like, Midwestern and Eastern United States is so messed up. Like, I have. N- yeah. I'm like, oh, those states are close to each other, right? It can't take more no. than, like, three hours, <laughs> but, man. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. It is a four-hour and two-minute drive. That's, That's really not, not bad. that bad. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we... Would we have taken a... I, I guess we didn't go Like any, a school bus? I, I guess for, like, band stuff, we went farther yeah. than that for... We went farther than that for everything because we live in the southwestern United States. Right. Well, but we did so. we did take, like, a big yellow school bus to things like... Uh, like uh, what's my? I now I've got all the Glee qu- 
bullshit terms stuck in my head but like you know nationals sectionals well but it wasn't those things it was just like a competition no i know i was i was making a joke yes uh yeah whatever yeah okay uh the nationals bus is packed full of very excited click club members you know they're they're true to form they are they're all extremely psyched well it's because it's funny because they're all bouncing in time to the music like (laughs) Sure. Yeah, because Rachel and Tina, Tina are, are singing on the bus. Duh. Yeah. Uh, and the song ends, and then Will yells, "We're going to nationals!" and then hits the top of the bus <laughs> like a real doucher. Um, I can just, I can just imagine Sue being like, "Can you not hit the bus, William? <laughs> Could you not, though, please?" Um, yeah. But so that's where the episode ends. Um, it is worth noting that, uh, and I, I found this out right before we started recording, but um, this episode and nationals actually aired as a two-part block. Um, oh, on the same should we night. have watched them? T- should we have no. watched them together? Because no. I can't really handle that. I can't either. Um, you know, like I finish an episode of Glee for the week, and I'm like, oh, thank God, I don't have to watch another one for a week. Exactly. Like yes. that's that's kind of where I'm at. You know. Yes. Um. But so that yeah, that's the 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 reason why this episode, like the number, is a good way to end. But it definitely, I think, was crafted in such a way that it's like, oh, get pumped for the next episode right now, and it's yeah. So um. We're not doing that. We no. are going to take a moment and reflect and think about the podcast, podcast business. business. But it's a metaphor. And metaphors are important. Gold stars are important because gold stars, gold stars are, are a metaphor, metaphor for, for me being, being a star. star. Yeah, I couldn't remember. That is one thing we'll get to in the podcast business. What a podcast. <laughs> business. business. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. So as we do, we're gonna talk gold stars, best numbers, and ratings. Um. But we're gonna start with gold stars. Maggie, who was born under the blessed light of a golden star this week? <laughs> I guess it's gotta be Tina Cohen Chang. You know, I I was so tempted to give Tina a gold star, but I can only give it to pre like body swap Tina because yeah be- because of her massive change of heart her brain her damage brain damage her hormone <laughs> injection that makes her a completely different character um but uh I'm not so maybe I won't give it to Tina yeah who are you giving it to I chose Shannon because yeah that's a very good choice yeah even though we hate like I still stand by the last time we had this plot line, I gave it five out of five specifically because they mishandled it so poorly. Um, yeah. This time, I feel like it still wasn't great, but I think the emotional but payoff was better. But it's better that it's over. Yes. And too. <laughs> also, Dot Marie Jones's acting is so good that like... It is. Yeah. So that's... I, I have to give it to Shannon. I l- so love I'll, the emotional bits. So. so I'll split mine between Shannon and Tina, Okay. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. Uh with with a uh, a special mention to like everyone who who had a good time yes. doing the impressions. I did. I was tempted to give it to Joe for his impression of Mike because <laughs> yes. specifically at the end of <laughs> Tina's number there's this moment because they all stand up to applaud in the glee room mm-hmm. and Joe does like this like body like shimmy as he gets <laughs> up to like impersonate Mike, I guess, and it's so 
I just love everything that all of them were like, yeah, this makes sense. Like, <laughs> yes, because Puck's impression of Blaine is like moving his head a lot. Yes. Like, <laughs> yes. We have to get back to the choir room. Yes. You didn't catch it, but I did move my head like an over 90 degree angle sort of sled turn. God, there. are you okay? It's like. Well, no, I'm fine. Oh, I, I was thinking like, uh, whatchamacallit? I, like an owl. No. The, the Exorcist? Yeah, that one. Anyway, um, yeah, uh, best number. So, so special mention oh, to the sure. to the impressions. Yes. Finally, best number. Yes. Hmm. Let's go through our options, shall we? Here we go. It is "I Won't Give Up," the love song Rachel sings to herself. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> then, <laughs> because you love me by Tina as Rachel, mm-hmm. and then. I guess, like, Maniac for the welding, but they don't no. really sing it. Uh, and then there's the Emotionally Flaccid Solo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mean by Puck and Shannon. Mm-hmm. And What a Feeling by Tina and Rachel. Yeah. Real, real great yeah. options this time, huh? Pretty bad. So many great <laughs> pretty, songs. Um, Pretty bad overall, I'd say. I'd say oh, I'd say I'd give this um the song appraisal in this episode bland. Um, yeah. but not too offensive. Uh No. Forgettable. Yeah, I think the problem is that there just aren't enough like mm-hmm. they had, we we talked about this a little bit. I don't know if we got it on the podcast, but the numbers are very long. Um, yes. And if they had been shorter, maybe we could have had more songs that were better. But yes, I mean, definitely. I'm not writing Glee, so take it <laughs> or leave it. Um, no, we're just destroying it. Yes. Uh, I am gonna have to choose what a feeling by Tina and Rachel at the very end. Yep. Because it signified the end of the episode. Yes, I also picked What a Feeling, mostly because I just cannot give it to Rachel's love song to herself. If it was a different number, maybe, but that one, nah. Um, I love the premise, though. Like, it fills me with so much joy that Rachel is like, her, she's her, she's back in her confidence like vibes yes. and it's just like I am going to sing this love song to myself for no one other than me Rachel B Barry yes <laughs> um I do I do like Tina's number but it is long and really long. the gimmick the problem is that it's a gimmick because we see yeah. all of the people pretending to be other people and that really kind of takes away from the whole song thing <laughs> it does <laughs> um and then mean is fine. Puck doesn't sound great. And like, man, I just. What I would have preferred for um the body swap number is if they had to do choreography as someone else. Oh my God. That would have been amazing. <laughs> Hell yes. If they, all ha- if they did a group number where everyone was trying to impersonate a different character doing the choreography. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, uh, Maybe someday. Who would- so yeah, I guess Kurt would just have to really fuck it up. Fuck yeah. Uh I don't know if Cory Monteith could really pull off being as good a dancer as Kurt though. Yeah. Is the problem. Yeah. So uh, uh but yeah, that's what a what a feeling is fine. Um I think yes. we both picked it because of recency bias. <laughs> like <laughs> Yep. Um so let's get to the last piece. The rating. Yes. 
the writing. It is the most quintessential part of our show where we write, we give slushies to the episode, like Rick the Stick the Bully, yes. but we don't dump people in dumpsters. We slushy them. Right. Uh, I am going to give this episode of Glee four out of five slushies. Yeah, I'm going three and a half. Um, the reason here, I I know the last time we came to this these as pretty much these storylines, I was yes. a lot more down on it. But honestly, the ending is better. Like it just is, and now they're over. It's true. So hooray! The ending is. The ending is better, but we still had to see it. Yeah. Uh, and the transphobia stuff is just, yeah. like, the worst thing. Yep. I just... I'm so not into it. And there's no reason for Glee to be this ignorant other than, like, willfulness. Yeah, I think, honestly... <sighs> I Again, I'm not trying to defend Glee here, but part of it is, I guess, it just wasn't as culturally like we were just weren't as culturally aware at the I time suppose, but, but we it's like been. that's yeah. that is not an excuse no. like you're putting shit on tv know what you're doing please i mean the fact uh, that they included someone who is trans like unique came out to kurt sadie's and said yes. i am a woman that's how i identify and then they've we've they've just disregarded that yeah. since then yep uh, which is like so unchill yeah. of the show, not just the characters, the show. Yeah, because I mean the characters are a product of the show. Like it is. Yeah. So. Uh yeah. Uh, the friend that I was watching this with, her final reaction was like, "Who let this happen?" <laughs> right. It's like that's a good fucking question. Who did let this happen? Yeah, I mean the the reason why I didn't go higher is because I as as stupid and tropey as it is that they did the body swap bullshit. The body swap is fun. It's That's so why I'm fun. not giving it five out of five. Yeah, because the body swapping is fun. Yeah, that's it though. That's the whole episode, and the next episode is Nationals proper. Correct? Yes, it is. It is specifically titled Nationals. Um, woo. Yeah, we're making our way. We do have another episode after that though, so. That's the come down. Yeah. That's the epilogue. <laughs> yep. Um, but so we do have like that. So along those lines, we have a couple more episodes of season three. But after we finish season three, we will do a season wrap up where we go through, discuss yes. what the best things and worst things about the season were. Uh, and yeah. best number. Yes. That's, that is. I'm very much looking forward to it. You know, every time I hear rumor has it by Adele. Oh my God. I remember the trouble tones number, man. And I, this season has been yeah. so long. It feels, hasn't it? We've had, well, was it mostly yeah. cause I, I heard, um, Oh, whatever the Carlton dance number. Yes. And, it's not unusual. It's not, that was at the very beginning. Yes. And it's just, it's so, we've come so far in so many so ways, far. but, um, we, as a podcast, still have a little bit more yes. to go, so make sure to tune in next week. Um, but in the meantime, you can contact us on Twitter, at SNMHateGlee. Um, we've had some people who have binged all the way up to the present, so welcome. Thank you for doing that. That's awesome. Hello. Um, and thank you for uh, reaching out to us on Twitter. We love to hear from you. And I'm, I, I, I actually really appreciate when people are like, you guys didn't really give enough credit to the Whitney Houston numbers. You're right. We didn't. Um, I did. Well, Sam didn't, but 
I'm still standing by what I said because if you're doing a memorial for someone, you can't change yeah, their songs. The tempos, the tempos, the tempos. <laughs> you need to relax about the tempos. Uh, but yeah, I, I you love You can also me. reach out to us long form on our email, snmhakely at gmail.com. We love getting your emails. It's great. And uh, you will get a slight, you know, a little bit of correspondence from us. That's fun. Yeah. Right? When, when one of us gets over our social anxiety and writes an email response, <laughs> you'll hear from us. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, anyway, I think. Oh, do consider. Yeah. Su- yeah su- consider supporting us on Patreon. Uh, we uh, post excess content there, you know, longer versions of episodes, notes. Of Sam and Maggie like stuff, which is a podcast where we talk about stuff we like instead of things we hate, which is Glee. Uh, and yeah, that's the Patreon. You can also find our Instagram at SNM Hate Glee. Yes. Sam has a podcast where he uh, talks about Magic the Gathering with his boyfriend Chris. It's called All Out Brawl. Yes, and it's nerdy as hell. Um, and Maggie, you can find more of Maggie's stuff online at mcard.biz or her Instagram, mcard.jpeg, J-P-E-G. Um, and we don't mention cool. it really, but uh, I just wanted to shout out the cover art for our podcast was done by Maggie. So thank yeah, you, Yeah, that's Maggie. me. Yeah. Um, You're welcome. But yeah, so that's just about everything. Next week, we'll be back with season three, episode 21, nationals uh nationals and then we need to edit in a sound of somebody hitting the top of a bus gotcha that's that's your job so until then i've been maggie and i've been sam and we hate glee from the top